and welcome to another episode of the Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the Kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex. Bernie is here. Hello, hello. Glory, glory. Hel- <laughs> oh, easy now. Easy. Wait, hel- hello and hello Rish- to everyone except for Alex and Mohanan. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, Rache is here. Hello, hello, everybody. Everybody included, no discrimination. And just quickly, I want to point out, Tarek, if you're listening, I finished above you in FPL. I know you were praying to finish above me for the last 10 weeks at least. Sorry, it wasn't meant to be. <laughs> right, a very niche intro there from, from Rache. Um, Bernie, Mohanad has done your job for you by going to a golf course today for some kind of work retreat and not returning in time for pod. Um, some might say it's a tactical non-return. I think Roche would probably accuse him of that. Uh, I like the golf was supposed. To, it's it's eight p.m. right now. The golf was supposed to be at one o'clock. I know golf is a long game, but you know, what, what do we think is actually going on here? I think it's the uh, you know the post day you know the summary. Everyone's at the clubhouse right now, mingling and you know recapping uh, whether they were over or under or whatever the hell people do when they're on the golf course. Uh, or maybe he's just, you know, driving the buggy around and uh, he's got lost. <laughs> <laughs> just lost in a bunker. Uh, yeah, that is true. That is what people do after they play golf and I don't really know what's going on. Um, let's hope they're not doing too much mingling, though. Any Tyrone mingling. Um, but let's, let's get on to the football, shall we? The Premier League is over. It's over. This absolutely bonkers, weird, delayed season is over. And it's the very end of July. None of us have ever seen anything like it, but I'm kind of glad to see the back of it. Personally, I think it's been it's been mad. We had VAR, we had coronavirus. We it's just it's it's all gone off. So where should we start? Usually we start with Manchester United, but do we? Usually, yeah. You know, if if you're sad, we want to get that out of the way. If you're too happy, we want to get that out of the way too. You know. So so pick your poison. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying I'm trying to decide. Fine, we'll get it out of the way. We'll get we'll get it out of the way. We might as well. All is at the wheel. Tell me how Tell good, me how good does it does it feel. Feel. And we'll end it there because I don't want to sing yeah. about Sanchez. Absolutely. <laughs> and Sanchez Pogba is in that song. We've got Pogba <laughs> Sanchez and, and Sanchez and Fred, but we're gonna replace him with Martial probably. So. Yeah, that song needs updating. Yeah, it really does. It's been a long time since we <laughs> we sang that song. <laughs> Definitely Hang on, there there isn't a point in Alexis Sanchez's Manchester United career that he in which he deserved to be included in a song. Surely, none. I don't know how that happened. I really don't. Massive but. overachievement from Alexis. <laughs> from Alexis. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, fine. We'll start with you lot. You finished third in the league, uh, and you seem to be extremely happy about it, which is a little bit funny for me because for years, you know we were somewhat content with finishing third and fourth. I mean, we weren't really content, but, you know, the Arsenal as a club was, and uh, you took the piss mercilessly. So how does it feel to win the third slash fourth place trophy? Yeah, it's it's a bittersweet pill, obviously. I mean, before the restart, we were in fifth and languishing, and uh, I think Leicester were about 14 points ahead of us at the time. And, uh, you know, we, we thought, you know, achieving top four at that point would be a miracle. And lo and behold, we ended up third. So, um, you know, because Chelsea and Leicester, formed teams, both of them, ended up dropping a lot of points. Um, so that was a mini achievement in itself. But I think even even at the end of the season, when Ole was giving his press conference, for example, he quickly said, yeah, you know, the boys have achieved third place. It's great qualifying for the Champions League in top four. But, you know, they've got to go and win something. You know, getting knocked out of an FA Cup semifinal or a Carabao Cup semifinal is not good enough. You know, now, now they've achieved something. they got to get used to it. they got to go and win something so a good a good mini step for sure so it's uh right of the passage i think what do you think bernie it 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 has nothing to do with the the top four in and of itself for me it's all about validation of the journey and it was a painful journey at times and it was beautiful at times you know we hit the highs of beating pep three times you know beating Mourinho. Frank three out of four times, and then the lows of Burnley and Bournemouth and whatever else nonsense happened, right? But it was, to me, it was the validation of sticking by your guy and also sticking by what we consider the principles of this football club. 
and end of the day, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer did what he came to do. It came with the like 66 points, which is not very good. So we're not out here celebrating. But the fact of the matter is, you Brennan are very Rod- much out here celebrating. I would just like. Well, I, I'm just celebrating Anyone him. Anyone who's seen your Twitter feed in the last <laughs> yeah. 24 hours knows. I, I'm celebrating Ole Gunnar Solskjaer because he got destroyed by a bunch of people, and he outdid Brendan Rodgers and outdid Frank Lampard. It's a fact. Like we people came and said that he started off really poorly. He did, but let's call a spade a spade. The other guys ended poorly. In the last 10 games, he got 24 points. Only City bettered that with goal difference. Like, you have to give the man credit for doing his goddamn job. Like, you have to do that. So I'm just happy for him because he deserves it. Absolutely deserves it. Fair enough. Um, let, let's talk about, you know, the, this was basically a tale of two halves for Manchester United this season. First half was bad. Second half was great. Like, really good. Um, and the difference was Bruno Fernandes. Uh, or Fernandes, depending on how accurate you want to be. Um, now, I've seen people saying on Twitter, uh, and in fact, Bernie, to go back to your Twitter account, I've seen you agreeing with them, that Solskjaer built the team around a number 10 before he had one, and then once he had one, it all clicked, and that was genius. Um, really? You agree with that? Only to an extent. Um, I retweet any good thing I, I, I can find about, <laughs> about the man right now. Um, but I agree because the man set out and said, this is what I want to do. And he tried to get Bruno Fernandes and Woodward did not give him Bruno Fernandes. So when people come out and say, oh, it's only because of Bruno Fernandes, it's like, that was the point. <laughs> you know, it's like, that was the actual point of what we're trying to do. It's like, if any other manager has their philosophy to take a Van Hal word, or their principle of playing, and they stick by it, you praise them. That was what he wanted to do. He wanted to build a mobile forward line with a creative player who could also play deeper supplying. And he had Pereira and freaking Lingard in there. But Bruno Fernandes comes in, the guy he won in the summer, changes everything. But also, it's not just that. It's the improvement to Marcus Rashford, the improvement to Martial, which was showing before that. So all the naysayers who are saying Lukaku nonsense because those guys were improved by a manager Matic stepped up Mark Guire stepped up in defense Wambasaka stepped up it all clicked at the right time and yes Bruno was a catalyst but it all clicked at the exact right time Roche yeah I think uh you know you can say that a manager built his team around the number 10 who actually wasn't there but I mean that shows that there was some sort of strategy that he was trying to implement I mean, it hasn't always been successful under Woodward and it hasn't always been, uh, you know, all song and dance. When Ole came in, he started really hot. I think it was 11, 11 games of being real hot. I think it won almost every one of them. But um, now that Bruno Fernandes has come in and, you know, it, it's been probably the signing of the season, arguably so, at least for United, the signing of the season, you know, confidently so. But um, you, you can see that the strategy is starting to pay off a little bit. And now making the top four, we're going to see a little bit more action in the transfer market. It would be interesting to see if uh, someone could say a similar thing about a, you know, a new player coming in in another position and saying, well, you didn't have anyone there to begin with. But then we can argue that, oh, well, there was actually somebody in each position you know, at this point. Because you know, overall for the season, I think everyone at some point, every player in the squad, you know, I, can, I can point to Fred. Fred was chastised by fans, but then he came through at a vital time. McTominay, same thing. Um, you know, Pogba was injured for long swades, but he ended up coming back. That was almost like, a, you know, another signing, just having Pogba back from injury. And same thing with Rashford, um, you know, because he would have been out for the season. But then thanks to the, the, the break, he was able to get over his injury and come back as well. So a few things clicked. And um, I think the Bruno Fernandes signing is, uh, you know, a, a step in the right direction. And uh, there's, there's more steps in that direction coming soon. Fair enough. I mean, I think we'll we'll do a pod next week, uh, potentially with a, a special guest, uh, and I think we'll we'll use that one to look ahead more than more than backwards. But just very briefly, what where would you guys like to see uh, United strengthen over the summer? Because when I, I'm looking at the table, sorry, just to just to um, intro it, when I'm looking at the table in the top six, you've had the most draws. And you have the second worst goal uh, goals for. So 
I know the second half of the season you scored a lot more than the first, and most of the draws came in the first half of the season. But to have, to prevent, uh, you know, that kind of form from coming back, what what do you need to do? Uh, I would I would say this, Alex. Do you remember the beginning, the first episode that we had? It was just me and you, where I specifically said the problem is creativity. The problem was not this nonsense of letting Lukaku go. It was creativity was always a problem, and that was proven mm-hmm. right when Bruno came in. And the number of goals United have scored, as you po- as you rightfully pointed out, is immense. They, they, at one point, they got I think four straight games of three three nil, like or something like this. So scoring goals is not a problem for this team when you have a supply line. Anthony Martial had a twenty two goals this season. Mar- Rashford twenty two goals this season. People talk about a striker. I'm okay with it, but it's not important to me. Sancho is important to me because you need a right uh, winger that lets Mason play f- further forward. And by the way, Mason has been fantastic this season as well. Um, center back, you need a faster guy next to my fridge. And I say my fridge because I love the fridge. The fridge is wonderful in the air. And one of the best ball progressors in the league. He has helped us cut down a 20-goal deficit. Fact. Can you name the fridge, please? My fridge is Maguire. And, and like that's, that is my fridge. I don't care what anyone says. Um, he does look like someone you need to plug in overnight, to be fair. Exactly. But he, he has been, let me tell you this, he's been a 7 out of 10. Now, if you want an 80 million defender, you want a 9. I get that. But he's been solid. So I need another centre-back next to him. I need a right winger. I need a defensive midfielder because second half of the season as well, Matic stepped up. Bruno doesn't make Matic step up. That's the thing about like this Bruno thing. Matic absolutely stepped up. But I can't rely on him. But just to go back to one thing, big call on Martial, big call on Mason Greenwood, big call on Juan Bissaka, quite frankly. There were big calls made across the pitch by this manager, and he deserves all the credit for improving every single player on this pitch. Roche. Can I just, just quickly uh, add in, we talked about you know 22 goals apiece for Martial and Rashford, and also nine assists each in all competitions. So they're, you know, they're neck and neck, and they're tied, which must be frustrating, because how do you settle who's better? Um, but, you know, no one was talking about Mason Greenwood, you know, until maybe just before the, the restart, you know, some I was. people were saying, oh, he's scoring, you know, a few goals on the trot. Okay, okay, Bernie had, you know, <laughs> but, you know, the, the rest of the world wasn't really on the bandwagon just yet. But Mason Greenwood ended the season with 17 goals and three assists in all competitions. I think that's pretty significant. He was only five goals behind uh, Rashford and Martial. So that is, you know, that's 61 goals between the front three over there. And then, you know, we're talking about the summer Sancho coming in, you know, or Kingsley Coman is another link or, you know, like, you know, Jack Grealish in the center of the park. Like that, that's a lot of strength that we're talking. I don't think we're going to get all three, obviously. I think there's definitely one attacking player, one central midfielder and one defender just to kind of add to the squad depth because, uh, you know, Scott McTominay, he's still pretty young and, uh, you know, Fred. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, the one defender, one midfielder, one attacking player doesn't necessarily need to be a striker or, or a winger in particular. Um, I do think that there's concerns in goal with David De Gea, and I think that we really need to address that. You know, people are talking about Dean Henderson coming back. I'm not so sure that this is such an easy solution as people are making it seem to be. I do have a little bit of faith personally in De Gea. I think he just needs a bit of a break. Maybe he needs to go to Madrid and see his girlfriend or something. Who knows? Does she not live there? There's no <laughs> I mean, way. You know, she was she was like trying to get him to move to Madrid when the whole fax machine. Oh um, yeah. Yeah, well, that's fair enough. Five years. I'm sure she's moved now. Like, come on. <laughs> what is I this? mean, Jesus. But also okay. quick, quickly, uh, just you know, I talked about Greenwood, seventeen goals, three assists. But Bruno Fernandez, you know, he comes in in January. He's got ten goals and eight assists in all competitions. So completely, I think you know, at least for United, the signing of the season. Oh yeah, no, I'm not sure. There's much doubt about that. I mean, maybe next week let, let's let's go through the the signings that were made uh, last summer, and and we can do an official signing of the season under the Kosh review. But um, yeah, there's no doubt he was absolutely astonishing. Um, Mason Greenwood, you was talking about people not speaking about him before, you know, the break. He's, you know, at 18 years old, what, I assume he was probably 17 when the season started. That's exactly the kind of player that the fans of the club are going to know and talk about, but no one else is going to know and talk about. Like That's exactly the kind of thing that happens. And then he breaks into the team and I'd be very surprised if we don't see him in an England shirt very, very soon. Um, Aren't they playing in like October? 
<laughs> some nonsense to just i don't know when anything's season. happening man <laughs> i don't know the new season starts in like five minutes <laughs> when are the friendlies going to be can anyone even travel i don't know are they even going to be allowed to play international friendlies everyone should just play fifa and then call it <laughs> honestly honestly did we just did we just mention that the new season is starting in september again yeah 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 it's not too long that's not too far away isn't it no no I, I'm like, it, it is madness, but I'm actually okay with it because it, it's been, you know, five minutes and I'm already sad that there aren't games. So the, the sooner they, <laughs> they bring that back, the better. And honestly, we were talking about this on the thread the other day. Um, I've really enjoyed the, like, a game every two or three days, everything's on TV format. And I think I could live with it. Shortened season, maybe do it over three or four months, cram them every game every three days. It, that would be interesting, and, and and funny enough, there's a there's a United podcast called No Question About That, and basically they were joking, but I found it hilarious that they're like, "Well, we can win the Clausura because you know how in like <laughs> yeah. in like is it Latin American countries they have the yeah. Apertura for just I guess the first half and the Clausura the second half, and it was they were like we can do it, and now we lost on goal difference the Clausura to Man City, so we're a bit disappointed. Very, very funny. All right. Um, I guess, you know, we, we skipped to, to United to get your, your banter out of the way, but um, Liverpool and City finished first and second, obviously. Liverpool, uh, they, they might be a bit annoyed, but finishing on 99 points. That, that is a little bit annoying, I assume, if you're a Liverpool fan. Roche, any, any delight taken there for you? <laughs> um, no, I'm not going to be uh, super, you know, petty about it. Obviously, Ooh. they fully deserved their win, and they won by... Was it 18 points in the end? So completely, you know, demolished the league. I have to say, you know, like you know, coming in, coming into the break, coming coming into February, they were undefeated and all this, and we, we thought they were going to get at least 108 points or 110 points. Um, you know, towards the end of the season, they knew they were going to win, and maybe they just lost a little bit of motivation. Um, so unfortunately, they didn't get the points record. They won the league. Uh, you know, winning the league doesn't matter if you get 114 points. Doesn't matter if you win it. You know, by one point, and you only have 70 points. You won the league, and that's what everyone's going to remember. So, um, you know, very, very good achievement. They scored 85 goals. They conceded 33. So the best defense in the league. So that just goes to show that Van Dijk and, you know, Allison coming in really, uh, you know, as we were saying all season, put the backbone in for their uh, squad. Um, a bit of a maturity with those stats. You know, 85 goals is not the highest scoring offense. City had the highest scoring offense with 102 goals, but they had nine losses in comparison to Liverpool's three losses. Um, so it just goes to show Liverpool a lot more consistent than City. Good job, Liverpool. Man City, oh my God. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of over it. I'm kind of over the whole City Guardiola project. I'm kind of fed up with it. <laughs> I mean, notorious Pep Guardiola hater, Roche. And, and I have to say, I'm, I'm leaning towards that camp now because of his recent comments about Arsenal and his general just like massively, you know, on boardity with the whole... Uh, owner Abu Dhabi owners and their bullshit and no, you know. no pun intended there, Alex. With Camp Now references, no, not at all, not at all. You, you guys want to know something really interesting? So, of course, you know, expected goals has become a very interesting thing in football, and I think it's actually become very overused. Um, but there's now an expected points. I don't know how they come up with this, but there's some standard for expected points. And would you be surprised if I told you that if you went by expected points, Man City would have won the league? I assume that means they chucked away points from winning positions. I'm guessing it's a, it's a combination of expected goals for, expected goals in each, sorry, and against in each game. So they say who should have won, and then they allocate a point to that. And City are first by that, Liverpool are second. So City would have 87 points, Liverpool 74, Chelsea 73, United 70. Now, I don't take this seriously. I just thought it'd be interesting because to me, Liverpool were miles better than everyone else. And I don't need expected points to tell me that I thought Liverpool would win almost every game they played. So, you know what I mean? But I find it interesting that whether it's expected goals for, expected goals against, expected points, United make top four. But that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about Liverpool. And <laughs> Liverpool deserve their title. Uh, today, I don't know if you guys saw it, Fergie had to congratulate Klopp because he won LMA Manager of the Year. He was gracious about it. And he said that 
uh, I didn't appreciate Klopp waking me up at 3.30 a.m. to let me know that they won the title, but fine. <laughs> you deserve it. I thought that if that's true, that's really funny banter, and I appreciate it from Klopp in some ways. That, that tells us that... Because I'm going to assume Klopp is not rude enough to actually call a very old man at three in the morning. So I assume he sent a text message, which means that Fergie keeps his ringer on. <laughs> <He'll> <laughs> <not turn off. laughs> I just think he's still hearing, despite his old age. Yeah. Well, is, does he have a hearing aid? I'm no, sure. No, I'm no. sure he has a hearing aid, along with his everything that keeps uh, him. Alive. Maybe his uh, wife actually, just lets him know what's happening. Well, no probably, shame. you know, the old Kathy Ferguson hairdryer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, actually, that's interesting. I'm glad Bernie brought up the export, expected points, expected goals, expected goals against, because does it actually take into account the injuries that the squad has experienced over the season? You know, City it. experienced many more injuries than Liverpool did. Liverpool almost a clean slate all the way through. So maybe that's really the difference this season, injuries. And, um, you know, if that's the case, if City have no injuries next season, will they run away with that? I'll maybe. be honest, I don't buy it. I don't, I don't buy it at all. I think Liverpool, like, if you, if you go with momentum, right, I would say that from the season before and their Champions League run and all that stuff, there was nothing between the two teams, really. Like, what was it, two points or something? Like the season, season? The league before, one point. Yeah, like one point, right? So they were neck and neck, and something had to give. It might have been injuries, sure, but in my opinion, something had to give, and it was going to be City. As Alex said before, three in a row or whatever is very difficult to do. Gather momentum. Yes, there was injuries. But, you know, I, I will say this. Liverpool's squad depth is not actually that deep. So they are fortunate in that respect because they kept everyone fit. But yep. I, I'm just not convinced that City fit, fully fit, game for game, against Liverpool fit for fit, fit for fit. Wow. Uh, whatever. Liverpool, City all fit, Liverpool all fit, Liverpool still win this league for me. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think it was, it was, it was their time. They'd, they'd built it and it had come. Um, City, though, uh, ending the season in traditional City fashion by absolutely bagging on some lower table nonsense um this time a 5-0 win over Norwich who like to be fair everyone has been smashing in the last few weeks because they got officially relegated and they literally gave up like they just stopped playing um let's just quickly point out Norwich's stats before sorry Alex to interrupt you but Norwich 26 goals scored 75 goals conceded huh yep yep you know, you want to talk about sticking with your guy and sticking with your philosophy and uh, a way of playing. Daniel Farker really did that. I mean, fair play. He was like, I know we're getting battered every week, lads, but we're going to continue to do that because that's what I like. That's the kind of football I want to play. And it looks like he's going to keep his job in the championship because they haven't sacked him yet. And uh, there was like a video of him welcoming a new signing today. So, you know, good luck to them. Um, I'd be curious to see if, like, every day he welcomes a new signing and every day he says bye to somebody else. It's like Cantwell, Bundia, Jamal yep. Lewis, Aarons, Godfrey. Like, come on, they're not staying there. No, oh, Bayern Munich got linked with Max Aarons today. That that would be a move. That'd be a move and a half. Imagine Alfonso Davies one side, Max Aarons the other. Absolute roadrunners. I I would make a cheeky bid for Jamal Lewis. Like, As a backup. As a backup left back to take over potentially, if he if he proves himself, like I would do that. I like yeah. that. Okay. All right. Well, you know, email Ed and all that. <laughs> Two beautiful everyone... goals by KDB. Sorry, Alex, oh, I interrupted you again. No, Please give me a yellow. Yeah, I just bookable. Well, that's one bookable. <laughs> Another one, and you're muted. Um, <laughs> except you have to mute yourself because I can't do it. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, let's talk about Kevin De Bruyne. In fact, let's take this opportunity while Mohanan is not here to eulogize about Kevin De Bruyne because for some reason he hates him. It's just like absolutely bonkers to me. Kevin De Bruyne was absolutely bloody incredible. That little drag back and the the soft shoe shuffle and then the sweeping finish into the corner. Come on. <laughs> yeah, for me, I mean, two in the same game, really. And he didn't even celebrate. That's the best part. I knew that Mohanan's blood was boiling. Just because I knew that KDB was like, you know, acting all swag. But, you know, yeah, as you said, 5-0 against Norwich, you know, regulation win. But come on, like he's scoring bangers over here. He's their best player. You know, people talk about Aguero. People talk about Mares, who's been great. There's nobody else. You know, Gwen, Gundogan, get out of here. I don't care about him. K- 
KDB is the heartbeat of that team. If he is fully motivated, if he is running riot, they're going to win every single game. Um, yeah, I love KDB. He's so good. He's so ugly, but he makes up for it with his footballing skills. I saw that. That's harsh, man. He's not that ugly. Oh, my God. He, he's, he's a little porky. He's a little pink, but, you know. <laughs> I... I, I... <laughs> Roche has floored me, man. Oh, my God. Uh, listen, I, I, I bag on Kevin De Bruyne with Mohamed a little bit because I do understand the cross on Inshallah. It's there. Like, I, I get it. I get it. Absolutely. But is he, is he world-class? Absolutely. Should, was he over 38 games the best player in the Premier League? Yes. Like, I'm not here for Jordan Henderson. I'm not no. here for, you know, Liverpool as a team were very, you know, it was the sum of all all its parts, right? Like, yes. Well, even though you obviously have players that are world-class, like Salah, Mane, whatever, but Kevin De Bruyne was head and shoulders above everyone else. And that's even with the cross and inshallah banter, but he's not going to get it because they have to give Jordan Henderson some bloody award that makes no sense to me. Like, none. This is the same people who gave it to Scott Parker and... Unfortunately, I love him, but to old man Ryan Giggs for half a season. Like, I don't, I don't rate this award that was any a way, shape, or form. Award. That was Basically. absolutely a lifetime achievement award. Because he actually played well for half the season, and then he, as old as he was, he ran out of steam, and they were like, well, <laughs> you get that's all anyway. we need. <laughs> and they selected him for the England World Cup squad for 2010 that summer. Team GB. Who, Giggs? Yeah. No, Scott Parker. Oh, Scott Parker. He had a good few years, man. He oh, the World Cup team. Years. Oh, sorry, my bad. Yeah, that Team GB thing was funny too. But yeah, I like De Bruyne has now equaled Henri's assist record, twenty assists in a season. Um, he he is their best player, Roche. You're right, and they're very lucky that they they overturned that ban because he was one of the first people to say, "I don't know that I'm going to stay if if this is the case." And absolutely right. I mean, I'm sorry for City fans, but leaving would have been the right choice for him because there's no way a player that elite should be out of the Champions League for even a year, frankly. Like, we need to see him at, on the top stage. And he will... It's a shame for him that the uh, the Euros aren't this summer. He'll be a year older next summer. I don't think he'll be any worse. But, like, coming off of this season, you know, would have been perfect for him. Um, Sorry, Alex, can I give a special mention? Because I don't think we'll talk about this guy. And I think, as much as I said that Kevin De Bruyne is the best player and well at least this season was you know should be one of the best player award i would i would have gone a hipster pick if i had a vote and i think it's a shambles that we don't have a vote anyway for the football writers but whatever although we stopped writing so maybe that's why um <laughs> but i would have give i would have voted for danny ings personally and that's oh, not what? because i think he's the best I don't that's not where i thought you were going with that i know you were gonna think i was gonna say bruno fernandez for half the season i know oh, i but, thought you were going with david hair transplant silver uh, no, I was going <laughs> to either Juan Bissaka or something. But uh, really, I'm saying Danny Ings is the comeback story for me. Yes. And to score, what is it, 22 goals, basically, like, after coming off horrendous years of injury, it's it's something that you didn't expect. I like awards for that type of thing. I don't like I don't like awards for Jordan Henderson doing nothing. Like, I, I, don't, I don't care about that. Danny Ings. Uh, Bernie, he shouted at people. And pointed, yeah. The Flamini effect. Like, give it to Flamini while you're at it. Jesus. I mean, he's going to save the world. He doesn't need awards. <laughs> Hang on. Did Jamie Vardy win the Golden Boot? He did. He did. 23 goals. 23 goals. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, 22. Danny Ings, 22. Uh, that's a shame. It would have been nice to see Ings win that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, quick uh, fun fact about that whole uh, Golden Boot thing. In terms of, like, you know, contribution to the team, they talk about, like, a player's goals and, you know, out of his total team goal percentage, Danny Ings has 43% of the goals for Southampton. Yeah, they need to do something about that. <laughs> yeah. And they're a good team. They're actually actually a phenomenal team. They, they since the break, have been unbelievable. I, I mean, Mohamed gave us that stat last week whereby since they got beaten 9-0 by, by Leicester, they picked up a bunch more points than Leicester have, uh, which is funny. But the truth is that, you know, Bernie, you talked about sticking with your guy. They believed in Hazen Huttle. He's got a plan. They've, in fact, allegedly, from what from what I've read, they've given him the keys to the to the palace. Basically, like everything has been redesigned, um, and it's really paid off. Like second half of the season, they have been a you know Europa League team. Basically, if if they get their recruitment right in the summer, which will be very interesting, um, they should be pushing for those European spots next season. It's it's been great. 
Um, but but Bernie, can, can I can I go back? You, you took us on to Southampton with Danny Ings, and that was a lovely little sojourn. Um, but can I go back to City just for a second? And Absolutely. David Silva. There there are certain elder statesmen that are leaving the league uh, at the end of the season. David Silva is one of them. Either of you have any brief thoughts on on a man who has been a wonderful servant to both Manchester City and the Premier League? Yeah, um, David Silva, I think, is going to go down as you know, City's best legend now that he's not no longer with the club. I don't think there's a better player that's played at City that no longer plays at City. You know, some, <laughs> some of them, I mean, you know, we have KDB and we have Aguero in the flanks. They, they will be legends. I think Yaya Torre right now is their biggest legend. Um, but now David Silva is going to join the ranks of, you know, former City players, legends. I, I don't know if I've explained this clearly enough or not. but I think you're good. He's, City he's fans reckon he's well good. He's had some really famous games for them. You know, he's he's brought this, he's taken this club, uh, you know, from the era before, um, you know, the big money came in. And he's been there throughout. And, and in this, you know, we're talking about City just buying players every season in and out. And, you know, he's been there the whole time. I think that kind of goes to show that he was irreplaceable for them. So um, good job, David Silva. I'll say that David Silva is an absolutely wonderful player. You know, wonderful, silky touch. Very, very classy player. Um, I'm going to hate a little bit. Oh, God. And, and only a little bit. And, and On, it's on because, his retirement, but <laughs> I know, I know. Like, <laughs> it's, 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 I, I hate overreactions. And, like, Sky Sports or whoever it was, some people were asking, is he the best foreigner to play in the Premier League? I'm like, guys, can we leave this alone? Like, okay. can we actually leave it alone? Like, I don't know why they have to do this. It's like, I, I, I hate when grown men make themselves look very stupid because Cantona is there. Thierry Henry is there. Cristiano Ronaldo is there. Like, Dennis Bergkamp even. Like, why are we talking about David Silva next to those people? He's not in the conversation next to those people. There, there are levels to this. He's an elite player. Don't get me wrong. Like, on his day world-class, but David Silva was not world-class. There are levels, and he didn't get there, unfortunately for him. And that doesn't mean he's not a great player. It doesn't mean he's not a legend. Like, it's just, we, people need to just calm down, man. I mean, I, I agree with you, but to play devil's advocate just for a second, I don't want to be on here for, for very long, but just for a second. Obviously, you know, what you consider legendary or, or the best very much depends on how old you are when you're watching, you know, with the other players around at the time, etc. The players that we grew up watching, the Bergkamps, the Omri's, blah, 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 legends, absolutely unbelievable. A lot of their stats don't come close to some of the guys that are out there today. And there was a lot less focus on stats, stats back then. It was far more how you how they made you feel, um, you know, that kind of thing. It was far more visceral. Um, and for me, that's better and more enjoyable. But there are people that will look at, you know, the 90 assists and 60 whatever goals that David Silva has and compare it to like Dennis Bergkamp's record and say, how can you compare these two? Like Silva is miles out in front and there are points to be made there, you know, and once you kind of move past the sentimentality of, of the situation. And and that, and that's the sad part about the game that, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. like I said, Cristiano Ronaldo was not that far long ago, you know? Yep. And like, if you watch Dennis Bergkamp and you put him in the same, City team. You know what I mean? Like, he, he can play that position. Sorry, his team wasn't good enough? <laughs> no, I'm saying, no, no, what I'm saying is Burkamp could get into that City team, play that position, and actually do more than David Silva. I don't believe David Silva comes to Arsenal and changes things the way that Dennis Burkamp did. This is the little point I'm making. It's like, says Fabregas even. You know what I mean? These are players that are better than David Silva. In the And look at Fabregas. Isn't he, like, the leading assist person or, like, Something like this, like he has some stupid stats like that. So I don't know. Probably he's a great player, absolutely great player. I have no hatred in my heart for him, like I do for some other people. None. But it was just I needed to nitpick on that because I'm high energy today. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, let's move on. Uh, Arsenal finished what? Uh, I don't even care. Eight. Alex, can you see what I'm doing? No. Uh, oh, I, yeah. You, I can't. See, I can't well, see describe you. it for the people because this is an audio medium. <laughs> <laughs> so Nicola Pepe, I can't see you. Yes. Celebration. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Nicola Pepe does it because he's like, I can't see you because all I can see is my bank account. Um, Arsenal finished eighth. Weird, weird season for us. 
weird season started like Unai Emery feels so long ago lads like it, it's almost does almost doesn't feel real we started the season with Uma, Unai Emery we started the season with Arsenal buying Nicola Pepe and all the media and the hype around that even though it turns out Unai Emery wanted Wilfred Zahar and the club was just like nah you don't get who you want um and you know there was all this optimism based on the signings Laurent Koscielny left the club like a couple of days before the preseason tour um, we replaced him with David Luiz, like all this weird stuff. And then it became very clear very quickly that Emery had to go. Granite Jacker told the Arsenal fans to fuck off. Uh, <laughs> there was the whole captaincy debacle. Uh, Emery got sacked. We put Freddie Lundberg in charge. Like I'd forgotten about that um, for a while. Freddie Lundberg had like three games. There was that weird clip where he, he walked out before one of the games and like felt the grass. It was very clearly unsure of what to do with himself that was odd um and then finally we got Mikel Arteta who uh, you know had never been a manager before this is his first few months of management it's crazy but he doesn't feel like an amateur he doesn't feel like someone who's brand new necessarily because he's very sure of what he wants um but it's just been it's just been crazy. Basically, since he took over, it's been up and down results, but we've seen progress, and that's that's really given the, how dire the situation was. All Arsenal fans have really asked for. I don't know what. How has it looked from the outside, Roche? Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm a fan of uh, Mikel Arteta at Arsenal. I think that in the you know the last six matches, you know, just as a form guide. Arsenal, you know, their games have been very low scoring, fairly. In the last six games they played, nine goals scored, seven goals conceded. They won three of them. They lost two of them. But, you know, since the restart, they, they lost those two back-to-back games. One was City, the other one was... Uh, I don't think it was a big team. I think it might have been a shit team. Yeah, but, uh, that's correct. <laughs> actually, you know, I, I really like the Arteta project. He's got them to a cup final. Not an easy way there. They beat Man City 2-0 pretty convincingly. Um, and uh, I, I see a general resilience and a resurgence of some of the defenders that we criticize week in and week out. Mustafi, how does he start every week? Well, Arteta seems to be starting him and he's playing well. Luis, he was crap right after the restart. Maybe it was just a little bit of COVID blues, but he's also playing well. And, you know, he, he gave away a penalty. He gave away, a penalty. He gave away several penalties. But, but he's <laughs> you, have to, you have to factor that in, though. Like, take that as red. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I like Arsenal. I just want to quickly point out that Southampton, Burnley, and Wolves have 15 wins in the season, and Arsenal have 14. So, uh, you know, with Arteta at the helm now, maybe they'll have a little bit more wins than those teams. I'm not sure why you felt the need to bring that up. <laughs> um, not sure why at all. Uh, Bernie, I'm going to ask you about uh, transfers, because I know um, that's an area that you like to... Uh, Hit your brain. Yeah, well, that and also, you know, when transfer rumors pop up, you like to either dismiss them or, or tell the world, you know, the, the truthfulness of them. Um, Mikel Arteta, basically, after, after I think it was the, was it the Liverpool win? He did an interview basically saying, you know, I can do as much as I can, but I need backing. Um, we need better players. Do you think, you know, knowing that the Cronkies are tight as owners, mm-hmm. Do you think he's going to get it? I mean, we spent $75 million on Nicola Pepe, obviously installments and what have you. But we're already reading rumours about uh, Arsenal not wanting to pay the full $50 million for Thomas Partey, trying to send Guendouzi in exchange. Like, What do you think this summer looks like for Arsenal? I think that it's going to be a terrible summer. And, and I think... And I think that it's going to be that way on the basis of last summer, which most of us... David Luiz aside, thought was a really good summer. I thought Pepe was a good signing. I thought Ceballos was a good signing. I can't remember who else you got, but Tierney, Tierney yeah, that's a, I mean, that's to a be good fair, signing. You know, two out of three have turned out pretty well. Yeah, there's someone else who I can't remember. Oh, your generational talent, Martinelli, who didn't do anything, but whatever. He um, did before he got injured. Oh, yeah. Did we talk <laughs> I'm, about Pepe? I'm, I'm, huh? Did we talk about Pepe? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. yeah. <clears throat> he's, still, he's, he's paying back his form in installments. Um, <laughs> but you know, I think I think there's a long way to go here. And and I think that Arsenal has a lot to do. And it also depends on what they want. You need center back, 100%, at least two. Um, <laughs> uh, something in defense, something in defensive midfield. 
and the center midfielder. You know, I think you need two midfielders, two defenders. Your right back is Bellerin. Sorry, is there anything we don't need? No, you need everything. Bellerin is, I mean, listen, Bellerin, I think, can maybe come back to form, maybe. Look, there's Bellerin and Cedric Suarez. We're not buying a right wing back. Move on. Okay, so, uh, yeah, so two center backs, because Tierney's good enough. Two center midfielders. Aubameyang, keep him. I don't mind Lacazette. I think your forwards are okay. I'm okay with that. And Pepe is too expensive to move. So, fine. Two center backs. Two, two center midfielders is the minimum you need to do. But that's important. It also depends on what your goal is. Like, I, I don't think your goal can be top four. I, I don't my think goal is to get Meza Ozil out of the club. <laughs> that, that's mine too. I'll help you with that. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> I'll that help you with that. Come Something completely nonsense about how great he was 10 years ago or something. Yeah, and he was great, but, uh, you know, that was 10 years ago. Yeah. But I'll, I'll say this. Arteta... I'll, I'll be balanced where other people weren't for my guy because Arteta came in two points behind Man United and ended 10 points behind them. So, I mean, he didn't do an, an outstanding job. He didn't. He didn't have any more revision than, than our guy. He didn't. Absolutely not. But I think he deserves time. I think he deserves backing because I think that there is something there. Less than ours was when we went on a 20-game unbeaten run under Ole in the first place. But he deserves credit and deserves time, and deserves backing, but he's not going to get it. So he's going to be a dead man walking. What, what happens if he wins the cup now? Do they give him more money for the transfer window? No, I, I wouldn't think so. I mean, the FA Cup, well, you know, it, to, to some extent, yes, in that it gets you a Europa League place. Um, and I think you probably have to play a qualifier, but, you know, the Europa League brings in about 40 million to a club. So arguably, if you win the FA Cup, you get in the Europa League, you could maybe say you get one more signing than you might have otherwise, assuming the average player about 40 million. Um, so yeah, maybe. But here's the thing, it's about being creative in this market now. It's it's like, you know how Liverpool got Robertson for 8 million? It's it's that type of thing that Arsenal needs to do. Pablo Marie is not that. Like, that's not... I don't mean go to Brazil and go get players at Edu Saw one day. Like... Good players go to Norwich and pick off their team. If you bring Bundia, okay, and then you go and pick Decore from Watford, you can finish. Oh no, man, no, Decore is such like a 2012. Oh, now that's there's a shot. Who? Who? Valencia, Valencia fire, fire sale. sale. <laughs> that's true. We didn't Condogbia, talk about this. Condogbia, you bring that in, like bring Bundia. Why not? Why not? <laughs> but, but you yeah. won't even pay the release clause for Partey, which is actually a reasonable release clause for once. It was a 50 million. I mean, the, I think if you can get away with paying 25 and sending Matteo troubled child Guendouzi the other way, you try. Like, it's worth a shot. It's probably a negotiating position, but it's worth giving it, you know, it's worth giving it a go. Uh, uh, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't. I, 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 think, I don't see where you go from here. I don't. I, I think realistically, a lot of things will open up once this cup final is uh, sorted. And I actually don't know like, when exactly the cup final is. I think it's coming up, isn't it? August 1st. August so 1st. This weekend, yeah. Oh, wow. So we'll find out very, very soon exactly how much Arsenal are going to flex in the transfer window. Do we want, Rache, do we want uh, Arsenal to win or Chelsea to win? Well, really, I don't care because uh, we're in the Champions League. Yeah, so. bro. <laughs> yeah, bro. Um, yeah, but I mean, do I want Chelsea to win another cup? Like, you know, an FA Cup. They've won a lot in recent years, to be fair. Arsenal also have won a lot of FA Cups. This will actually be an interesting Mate, match. The, the FA Cup is basically Arsenal's cup. Like, everyone else just borrows it once in a while, but generally Arsenal win the FA Cup. Obviously I'd rather tied with United for most number of FA Cups. No, I think I think they they took over when they won the last one. That they yeah. won. Oh, okay. yeah. actually, this is interesting because there is a scenario that plays out now with the league title being set the way it is. If Chelsea win the FA Cup, I think you, Wolves get something to do with the Europa League, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you know, I haven't done my homework into this, but you know, uh, or Tottenham get a place in the Europa League. I'm not so Sp- entirely sure. Spurs already have a place in it, so possibly. I think it's Wolves. Wolves, Wolves might get, get in. A, yeah, but Wolves, maybe Wolves get qualifiers or something like that. Yeah, so, so if Chelsea win, I think Wolves will get qualifiers. If Arsenal win, I think some, something else kind of happens. It, yeah. it would be nice if Arteta won the FA Cup. Just, you know, banter aside. Um, I, I have no interest in Frank Lampard winning anything. Um, but 
if Arteta was to, I like him. He's a nice guy. So if, if he won something, it would be really nice and validation that, <laughs> that he, he deserves to be backed a little bit more on, you know, cause Frank will be back anyway. So, I mean, Havertz and all these people <laughs> coming in. So like, give, yeah, give Arteta yeah, yeah, something. Yeah. All right. Let, let, let's do Chelsea then quickly. We'll do Chelsea and Spurs. Um, Chelsea, um, you know, Ended the season well, secured their top four just about. They beat Wolves on the last day, which is, you know, an actual achievement. Wolves are brilliant, and they were flying up until that point. Um, and, you know, we've spoken about it before. Ziyech has signed. Werner has signed. Havertz genuinely looks like it's going to happen. They need at least one centre-back. They need to replace Kepa. He's horrendous. Um Bernie, you were, I believe, talking with a Chelsea fan earlier today about who they might be looking at. Any any info there? Um, he, he said Jimenez is someone from Atletico is someone they're looking at, but he doesn't believe that's possible. But it seems a lot of wing backs. Uh, is it Adam or Alex Teyes from Porto? Um, Talia so Fico is a left back as well because Alonso needs to be replaced immediately. <laughs> Yesterday, like, and Aspilicueta is like, you don't, he's old now, right? So, you need a specialist there. Um, that was mentioned, but no center backs have been mentioned, which is very concerning to me because I was talking to Chelsea, a different Chelsea fan, and they were like, Well, Rudiger's decent. I was like, You and I are not speaking the same language. (laughs) No, no, no. Remember, we talked about this when Roman decides he's ready to do things, Mm. Chelsea are a very dangerous proposition, regardless of their useless manager. But and I'm just being annoying. But um, listen, all the Verners, all the ZX, the Mounts, Pulisic is not going to help you if you're conceding goals up the up the ass. It's it's not. Conte cannot do this for the rest of his life. Like Conte cannot be the person holding that defense down when your goalkeeper is a basket case and the defense is rubbish. Like I they need three defenders as far as I'm concerned and are they going to do that Arsenal Arsenal need two defenders Chelsea need three genuinely Chelsea yeah 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 I mean genuinely Chelsea needs centre-backs a lot more than Arsenal do um I I don't know I I don't think they're going to get three no way but they'd have to sell three to do it but they might get you'd hope one maybe two they can have Louise back I'm not saying three centre-backs I'm saying a left back because I like Reese James as right. I really like Reese James. I think Reese sure. James is really, really good. You need a left back. Rudiger, Zuma, Christensen are they're all trash. So you need two center backs for me. At least one. one. Yeah, you have to, I guess. I have, have, I have the one. stats. I have their their you know the goals against stats. You know, Liverpool 33, best best defense. City 35. United 36. Those are your top three best defenses in the league. And then in fourth place, Chelsea conceding 54 goals. That is a lot of goals conceded. And, uh, you know, Leicester then with 41, Tottenham 47. But, my God, 54 goals conceded? Well, like, how yeah. can you even finish in the top four? I, I do wonder, so we're talking about, about the centre-backs. I do wonder how much difference it will make if they were to just get a very good goalkeeper in. Like, obviously the centre-backs aren't good enough, but... Kepa doesn't save shots, which is a bit of a problem if you're a goalkeeper. Like that's really part of your job description, um, and he refuses to do it. Um, so, and, and we've seen we've seen at Liverpool. Obviously, they signed Van Dijk, but like the presence of Allison just reassured everyone, calmed everyone down, made them a better team in general. So, you might want to start there. Like, if you've only got a certain amount of money, and that doesn't necessarily apply to Chelsea because they're you know owned by a Russian oligarch, but Get the goalkeeper first, and then and then take it from there. No. Onana, is, I think they're linked to Onana from Ajax. What's my Onana, and he he definitely is leaving. Uh, he said it himself. He's leaving. I don't know where. I would do that deal tomorrow. <laughs> I would do Fabianski tomorrow. I would I would go to Arsenal and be like, hey, Martinez, you want to mm-hmm. come over here? Like mm-hmm. I would do a lot of different goalkeepers over Kepa any day of the week. And yes, at least ten goals. Reduced from that count, <laughs> <laughs> just by having a keeper who will save shots. Actually, this is generally making me think about how much business can actually be done in this transfer window before the season starts again. Not it's that really much. Not, not that much time. Yeah, I think we might see a lot of transfers in January, assuming that things are normal. It's a good point. 
Yeah, I agree. That's a good point. All right, uh, Tottenham. So uh, at the end of Tottenham's 1-1 draw with... Who was it again? Uh, we, don't, we don't like them, <laughs> so we don't really know. Oh, Palace. Crystal Palace. One, right. end, of, end of their 1-1 draw with Crystal Palace. Uh, Jose Mourinho. So the players were all very very sober, you know, handshakes, standard. No, no, None of the Spurs players were even smiling. Meanwhile, Jose Mourinho and his weird little coaching team were jumping up and down, like hugging in a, in a group hug, jumping up and down and celebrating as if they had reached a final or something. I mean, it was truly baffling, truly baffling. <laughs> and, you know, we, we've seen stats over the last week um, where that showed that since Mourinho took over, Spurs, uh, you know, if, if the league started when Mourinho took over, Spurs would be fourth. So, you know, somehow he's he's gotten them enough points to be uh, Champions League contenders if you extrapolate that out over a longer period of time. But the performances have largely been bad. Um, and it's going to be very, very interesting to see what they do over the summer because how much control do you give a lunatic like Mourinho over your club when there isn't that much money to spend and, and you've got to get it right? Actually, Alex, I have to say quickly, you know, on the final day, Tottenham did jump over Wolves to finish in sixth and then Wolves in seventh. So maybe that's why Mourinho is celebrating the no, that's it. Um, they were genuinely celebrating making the Europa League. I'm not like that's oh, what yeah. happened. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I guess on that note, Mourinho is going to go to Daniel Levy and say, "Look, I took your Tottenham Hotspur shit team, and I took them to the Europa League. I am great. I won the league three times." Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I I have nothing good to say about Mourinho. I think he's shit. Should I really even say anything more, Bernard? Please say some. Give me some insight on Mourinho that isn't like Mourinho shit. So, so let me break this down. When Pochettino got sacked, they were three points off sixth. Three points off sixth, yeah? And that was yes, two points. it's a very... Two, no, no, everyone... It's a very misleading it was, stat. It's it, a very misleading... It is, it is because some teams were shit and, shitty, and got shittier, and then some teams really progressed. So my, my overarching point here is they were only two points off Man United, who went on an amazing run of form uh, after that point. In fact, even before that, they were still doing better than Jose. But the point is, he's getting a lot of credit again, which I don't, I don't buy it. I don't care if Jose came and they should have, and then they would have come forth. I just don't care. Like, you know what that's called? Something that my guy got called a new manager bounce. And that's going to end very, very soon because Jose likes to destroy everything he touches. Like, being two points off six and then getting in six, not, it doesn't impress me. Like, if he got into the top four, and which, by the way, at one point, they were people were asking, is it going to be United or Spurs are going to get in there? And then they imploded again. So I'm not here for that. Like, I'm, I'm not here for this praise of this guy. It's, go, it's not going to work because he's not going to demand, like, he, he's going to demand money, but Levy's going to be like, bruh, COVID, I ain't got it. Like, he's gonna, it's going to be Stewie and Brian all over again. Where's my money, man? And there's going to be no money for this man. And he's going to cry tears in the park again. Because he cried those tears in the park. Then he went on TV and said, I just want a good structure. There's no structure, Spurs. None. So you're dead, bro. You're dead. You're shit. You're done. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, I mean, I don't like him at all either. But I don't think it's going to be quite that bad. Um, like... You know, the, I have a lot of hate today, Alex. A lot of hate. I know. I know. And, 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 you know, far be it for me to, to defend Mourinho, but there was a new manager bounce. They picked up a lot of points. And then they lost Harry Kane and Heung-Min Son. And, like, any team losing their their two goal scorers is going gonna, gonna to screw them up. Oh, and frankly, really? And frankly, yes. And, frankly, really? once, once they came back, they started picking up all the points again. So, you know... It's, Roche, can you see this it's shit? It's not been pretty. It really, really hasn't. Roche, do you but see like, this shit? I see it. He's been, he's Alex, been somewhat effective. Alex is making an excuse for Jose Mourinho, but he would never admitted that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer had it worse in that department, but he's willing to defend the devil. I see you, Alex. I thought you were an ally. <laughs> I really did. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer really did not did. have it worse in that department. Alex, he didn't have Pogba the whole season, lost Martial for three months and Rashford for three months. Before lockdown, there were only seven games where the three of them played together. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but yeah, no, it's no secret that Alex uh, doesn't, you know, he favors Spurs more than he does United. 
And he I mean, does not yeah. like Ole I mean, Solskjaer. yeah. He, he, he made a deal with the devil. I can't believe Who? this. Jose Alex or Alex? Alex. I aligned with Jose Mourinho. <laughs> I'm aligned with it. I'm playing devil's advocate because someone <laughs> needs to. It's a podcast, not a, not a hate rant. Um, look, we'll see what happens. They've got they've got Hjoiberg lined up in the summer. Uh, allegedly, there, there are reports that, because uh, let's talk about Ndombele for a second. Um, like, this is one of the most creative and talented players I've seen in a long time, but there are clearly issues there. Allegedly, the board at Spurs are like, no, no, no. We spent 60 million on this guy. He's on 200k a week. You're going to make it work somehow. So we're going to see in the next few weeks, probably, because if anything, if he's going to leave it, it'll be then, whether that's the case and Mourinho has to rebalance the midfield and the squad to to get Ndombele in there and to make it work or whether he's just going to sell him and like De Bruyne, like Salah, give up very early on an incredible talent and probably have it come back and bite him in the arse later. Roche, you've yeah. heard this song before, haven't you? A little bit. Yeah. yeah. It's, but how it's, would you like, how would you like me to answer? Like, you know, which point am I supposed to address over here? Just <laughs> whatever you like. <laughs> Bernie, please, Bernie, I want you to... No, 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 I'm just so happy. I'm so happy. So everything turns to hate for other people. I'm just saying, we've heard this song. Alex said, you know, a creative player who the board <laughs> don't want to sell and it's on a lot of money and they told him to make it work. I'm like, wow, this sounds like Paul Pogba. Caption that. Ah, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, I, yeah, no, I'm, I'm fully in agreement. Um, I was actually just thinking to myself as we were discussing over there, do, would you see Jose Mourinho at another club in the next two years, next four years? Yeah, there's always, there's always someone stupid enough to do it. But, uh, you know, I just kind of feel like, at least in the Premier League or at least Europe's top leagues, I think his time is slowly running to an end. Tottenham is a step down. Tottenham is his least large club. And he's going to fail here. I think it's a matter of time. There's one job left, PSG. And they would. <laughs> they don't <laughs> want him. I guarantee. They passed that stage. Once, they passed that stage. Once they, they sell him. Neymar, once they sell Neymar, and then Tuchel Neymar. gets out of there, and Pochettino gets to Juventus because they've sacked Sarri, you know, and then Marino starts to look a little better in the light for PSG. <laughs> I think they'd rather go back to retirement gig Angelotti than this point Mourinho. <laughs> we will see. We will see. Anyway, uh, you know, Wolves finished seventh. Unfortunate for them that they slipped out of the Europa League places on the last day. Like, really unfortunate. They were, I don't say one of the teams of the season because they finished seventh, but I don't know. They, I enjoyed watching them all season, which is a lot more than I can say for a lot of other teams. Roche, I know you like Wolves. Absolutely. I think that, uh, you know, for a lot of a lot of big clubs, they're a bogey team. They did the double over Man City this season, you know, comfortably. Uh, you know, they pushed Liverpool in their game, so this is why Liverpool were in form. Uh, they had two draws with United. Uh, yeah, I think they split with Chelsea, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, sorry, they, they actually Chelsea beat them twice. What yeah. a fluke by Lampard! To be fair. <laughs> um, you know they beat Arsenal comfortably. Wolves uh, were fifth for the longest time. They just weren't scoring enough goals. Um, you know they finished scoring 51, conceding 40. They had 14 draws and 15 wins. That's not a bad record. Nuno deserves a lot of credit. I'm not, I have no hate in my heart for Nuno. Everyone else I hate, but Nuno, you know, he looks like a fisherman, but it's all good. The man did a great job, and I think they could be a dark horse Europa League team. Um, I, think, I, think, I don't think other teams are going to want to play them. If the best team is United and the second best team is Inter or vice versa, whatever, you don't want to, none of them want, want Wolves smoke. You don't want smoke with Wolves. So wolves, no, wolves against Inter would be an unbelievable game. I didn't. They would, they would give them a go. Like I'm not backing Inter to win that. No, I actually, I, I would put a cheeky bet on Wolves. I really would. <laughs> I wolves really are. Betting was beat. possible in Canada. Wolves <laughs> are hard to beat, especially over two legs. I don't think that Inter well, are going to beat Wolves. It, you Let know what? Now that it's one quickly. leg, Roche, I think Wolves really have even a better shot. Actually, yeah, that's a good point you bring up. Um, the top four in this league, the Premier League, of teams who lost the fewest games, and this is just less than 10 games, Liverpool lost three, City lost nine, Ooh. United lost eight, Wolves lost nine, and everybody else was 10 losses and above. There you go. Did it for them. Hard to beat, even with a 34-year-old job, uh, 
Moutinho in the middle of midfield. Quite impressive. All right, let's skip the uh, the middle section because we're running out of time here. Because, um, uh, you know, Everton is shit. Burnley are Burnley. <laughs> um, what else is it? Southampton, we already discussed. They they were a good story. Newcastle, very, very, very quickly. New, one second. Newcastle, I, I like... I'm not the only one who thought that Steve Bruce would take them down, am I? <laughs> I, I thought so. I did. Like, I, did. I was pretty convinced about that. So I'm quite impressed that they finished 13th. He's done a good enough job to hold off Pochettino. <laughs> Imagine. Imagine. Well, we could have signed Pochettino, but, you know, we had Stevie Bruce. So, yeah. 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 Um, Crystal Palace don't care. Brighton don't care, except that they signed who, Roche? Adam Lallana on a free. Hilarious. Hilarious. Um, you know, he was on 110 grand a week at, at Liverpool. What were they thinking? Unbelievable. Oh, uh, West Ham, unfortunate that they stayed up, but what can you do? <laughs> uh, and then, okay, you wanted to talk about Aston Villa. So, yes. You know, everyone talks about how great this Jack Grealish player is. And I, I really have to say I have my doubts. I don't Ooh. see anything. I don't see, you know, the spark. There's something missing about Jack Grealish. He's a bit of a Jekyll and, and Hyde character. Ooh. I watched, you know, his particular, you know, this game. It was, a, you know, the end of the season game. The must-win game for Aston Villa against... I think they were playing West Ham, actually. Grealish missed at least two glorious chances. You're thinking, my God. Okay, everyone talks about Grealish so much. He's got to finish at least one of these two simple chances. Then he scores an amazing goal with his weaker foot. And you're like, oh, I see what they're talking about now. Holy cow. And then the minute later, a deflection off his leg goes in to their goal. And you're thinking, okay, this Grealish, this can't be like real. He must be shit. I mean, there is a downside to having legs that big. Yeah, you know, he's, yeah, yeah. Physique-wise, I mean, take all the photo shoots you like, but you're such a Jekyll and Hyde character. It's hard to really get behind a, G- a consistent Jack Grealish. I think Rashid has been really harsh on on Jack Grealish. <laughs> okay, Bernie, take it away. <laughs> he's Tell us why the team. No, no, I don't. I don't want to say anything else beyond that. I just, I just think Rashid was really harsh. But on on Villa, I'm happy they stayed up because, as you guys know, I hate Bournemouth. <laughs> everything they represent <laughs> I hate Watford because of everything they represent which are different things and then Norwich were a waste of everyone's time <laughs> so uh, I think the right or except for West Ham I agree the, the right teams went down and I don't think that happens very often yeah I think that's true I think that's true um, yeah Villa just about but, but the thing with Grealish is like you take him out of that Villa team and they were probably if not bottom, second bottom. Like, what did he get? Like eight goals and six assists, or maybe it was the other way around. I, I forget. But he was really their only creative force. Now, does that mean he's good enough for a move to a top four or six side? I'm similarly, Roche, I'm not convinced. That said, he's had to do so much work to get Villa to like draw or win games that maybe if you put him in a better team where he doesn't have to do everything, you might you might see a different player. But I don't know. I'm thinking. I'm thinking uh, an Everton or a Leicester more than I am a United or. A you think else. Carlo Ancelotti would uh, develop this Jack? He, he'd ruin him, mate. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you've seen the massive progress that Alex Iwobi has made. Oh my god, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Actually, I support the Jack uh, Grealish to Leicester, but I, I have a feeling he's not good. No, I, I would. I would have him at United. The thing is, he won't start. He would be a squad depth option, and we don't have squad depth. However, yeah. Villa want 70 million. And at that point, you go, hey, Todd Cantwell, what's going on? Like, you don't you do not do that deal for Jack Grealish at 70 million. No way. And Todd Cantwell answers via TikTok because he's 12. He really is. a. That's the only thing. I think he's worse than Jesse Lingard in this whole, like, <laughs> yeah, oh. social media nonsense. I think he is actually so much worse. <laughs> That's the thing. You get someone like that in and they don't work out on the pitch. You get them to run your comms department. It's all fine. So like, what happens to you? If he changes yeah. his name to Canwell instead of Cantwell, maybe it'll be so much better. <laughs> I mean, that just... <laughs> that was such a dad joke. I it really was. Give me a but, second yellow. But it, it made me think of those like, those really stupid, like, um, motivational or performance, like, well, now nowadays it would be a webinar where the person goes, like, can't isn't in your vocabulary. Oh, and you're just like, my oh, name, shut mate. the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, he, well. he's sitting there like, M is literally my name. So... Oh, <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, Bournemouth down. Uh, agreed, Bernie. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of that. It, it was, it got boring to watch. What will Eddie Howe do now? I, I hope he quits. Like, I hope Football? he quits. 
well, <laughs> like re- resign from Bournemouth and do that fancy sabbatical thing. Like, mm. do that and learn actually how to coach a team. Okay, bold prediction, guys. Yeah. Teams to get relegated next season for me, West Ham, Aston Villa, and one of the promoted teams. So basically what you've done there is you've taken the two that didn't get, the two lowest teams that didn't get relegated. Wait, who's who's coming up? We've got Leeds who are going to be wicked. That's that's going to be a lot of fun. Brentford will go down. Brentford aren't coming up. Aren't they? No, no, no. Uh, It was Leeds, uh, West Brom. Oh, they're going down. Sorry. They're going down. They're going down. And not even Kieran Gibbs can save them. And Fulham are in the playoff final against who? I'm not, I'm not sure. I know they won okay, today. It's, it's, it's whichever team finished the lowest in the championship that's coming after the Premier League that's going down. I want, I want Fulham to stay up only because Stay McGovern is now a friend of the pod or has been for a while. Oh, has been for ages, yeah. He's a very good friend of the pod now, so I don't want him to be upset. <laughs> why, don't, why don't I know who's in the championship playoffs? This is stupid. Well, I think only the first one happened today and Fulham won that. I don't think the second one's happened yet. Okay. I could be wrong. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll let myself off based yeah. on that. That very dodgy information. Anyways, I think uh, I'm glad the season's over. It was exhausting, Ooh. draining, mm-hmm. and uh, in Syria is over. We don't care, but whatever. <laughs> who, who won the Golden Boot? Was it Ronaldo? It's, or it's not over. There's still like two games left. Oh. But, but Immobile is three goals up. Come on. Yeah, but we'll find out next week because we're out of time. All right, lads. Take care. Actually, quickly, I was oh. looking at English League 2. I'm, I still can't find it on this list. I'm looking for Sunderland. <laughs> You'll be looking till you die. Uh, where is it? Where is it? League the, one. Their chairman resigned, though. That's funny. Yeah. yeah they're in League, League One, Roche. Oh, no, they're not in League One. I'm looking at the table. Oh, no, they're eighth. There you go. Yeah, same as Arsenal. So I couldn't God, say. they're shit. They're just, they're just hope. At least they're in League One. They're only two leagues away from the Premier League. All right. All right, lads. Love you long time. Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at under underscore the kosh. And for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com.